0: Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Hey guys, we have a really great episode today. Before we get started, I wanna take a moment and acknowledge what's going on in the world and that my thoughts and my prayers and my feelings are entirely with the people of Ukraine. And if there's anything I can do, charity, an individual, whatever I can do, please don't hesitate to reach out. All right, guys, today on An Actor to we have guest Morgan Spector for part two. You know Morgan from Homeland. He's now on the Gilded Age. He's an incredible guy. He got this podcast started. It would really not exist without him. He's such a genuine soul and an incredible actor. He's crushing it as George Russell, and I'm so proud of him, and I'm eternally in his debt for all that he's done for this show. Morgan, I'm so proud of you, brother. Here it is. Morgan Spector, welcome back to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so great Congrats to Congrats on you all back. the, uh, yeah,
1: thank
0: you. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you were one of the first that got me started, and we were just chatting off air, you know, after you had, had Carla Gigino, and then two days later, the world shut down. So it's just been, mm. you know, it's crazy seeing you right now, because the last time I saw your face in person, you know, it was like, I don't think either of us could have imagined the turn the world was about to take. And Not even a little bit. Yeah. And, and we're still kind of in it a little bit. And then, you know, with today, everything going on in Ukraine, it's just like, it's, it's crazy times, man. But, but how are you? True. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's true. It's is, It is. crazy times. God, it's weird. It's, it's a weird bookend, man. It's a weird. It's weird to have spoken last time just before COVID, and now be speaking. Yeah, on this, on this precipice
0: thing. of war. Yeah,
1: brutal day. I mean, not even precipice. I don't know. I'm 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 shocked. Actually, I did. I did not think it was going to go this way.
0: I did not think so either, man. You know, and I had friends on both sides, and they were like, "It's not going to go this way." And, no right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, it just
1: seems so pointless. Like, why is this happening? Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway. It, I can't think of a better or definition fine. or util, you, use of the term futile. You know, this is just yeah. blood for blood's sake, man. But uh, yeah. But on a brighter side, you know, man, the <laughs> work in the Gilded Age is incredible, man. And and oh, it's funny, you you, you and a, a few other you know friends have done the show twice, but Glenn Fleshler has done it and you know, you and Glenn have something in common that I don't know if it's, you know, Glenn told me it's all an accident, but like you guys end up being company actors for HBO. You guys are like in every HBO great show of all time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I mean, not, not everyone. Cause I, yeah. But, but yeah, no, I know. I, I mean, I, I feel it is such a, uh, yeah, to have done, to have, to have worked there and to feel like they trust me and they'll put me in, you know, put me in projects that they care about. Uh, I mean, I, you know, it's, I, it means a lot to me. You know, they've made some of my all time, some of my all time favorite shows, you know, and they, 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 they seem, they seem to, you know, it seems to be a place where, What you know, their development process is really hard, and it's really stringent, and the stuff that emerges from it tends to be of you know real quality. So yeah, I'm 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 very proud to be sort of you know if I'm if I'm an HBO stable player, I'm 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 thrilled about that.
0: Yeah, man, and 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 the plot of Against America, I mean, David Simon, you know, as far as writers that I want to work with, it doesn't get you know any better than that. Not no no disrespect to Julian, he's incredible, but you know, it's just like the wire and, and what he yeah. did with that piece, you know, he's, he's just such a deep thinker. And I think we need a lot more of those right now. And I, I, I could be wrong, but I think like, probably the last time I saw you, you were about to start that. Cause Krumholtz had we, just come through and you told me you guys were doing something.
1: Yes. Is that right? That we were, I think we might've, we might've, maybe it was just about to air. Is that possible?
0: It, Cause if it could, we, no, I don't think it was because I, I, I remember seeing breakdowns for it after you. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So then I
1: guess we were just about to, I guess we were doing it or we were just about to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So how, how how was that, man? Because is it true that David Simon was a fan and, and the Deuce didn't work out, but he called you back for this? Yeah, right. That's
1: exact. That's exactly right. I had auditioned for something for the Deuce and they, they, they called me and um, yeah, it didn't work out. And then they called me... Um, out of the blue to offer me that job. And it was, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was sort of like at working on something else in LA and I was sort of at loose ends and which is kind of like, got this call. It was like, David Simon wants you to be a, this guy in this thing. And I was like, I don't know. It was you so know, straight off David sometimes.
0: Simon, man. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. Rock and roll, r- damn.
1: totally rock and roll. Yeah. Not yeah. like, not, not the kind of thing that like happens to me a lot. You know what I mean? Like a very, a rare you- and beautiful moment. Back but, yeah.
0: to, Proven that I wasn't, you know, throwing bullshit up your ass in the last one, man. You mean it well deserved, you know? <laughs> thanks. And thanks. and you know, I'm so curious for something that deep. You know, Simon, I think, works a little bit differently than other writers, and that he 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 writes everything before you guys start production. So did you know what you were getting into or or not? Well, I think that, that was supposed to be the case,
1: um, but uh we started with three episodes written. I mean, he was also uh writing the final season of the deuce at the same time. That's um, right. Which I don't know how anybody does that. I don't know how you do yeah. To, to
0: Yeah. So you he, I know he like usually likes to write episodes before, but you mm-hmm. were saying he had the deuce and yeah, he, uh, yeah.
1: Right. So yeah, he was I think he he had he had intended to write all six. Uh, all six episodes of plot before we started shooting. Um, but because I I think in part, because he was also writing the last season of the deuce at the same time, uh, we started with only three and he was still sort of writing on the fly. Um, but it was the, they, I mean, we, it was very clear who we were and we also had the benefit of the novel, right? I mean, we could, we could go and read yeah, uh, true. the Philip Roth novel. So there was, you know, obviously there were, there were different, there were changes that David made um, and there were things that, um, you know, there were, uh, I think there were, there were ways that I think he blended, um, you know, the Philip Roth's fictional family in the novel. And I think some, a little bit of his own family. So there were, you know, slightly, you know, there were slight variations, but we we sort of knew, you know, the direction we were headed.
0: That's awesome, man. And was that a great ride? I mean, you know, it was, it it
1: was, that was such a special job. I mean, I, I loved, uh, I loved, you know, I thought the, you know, I, I, uh, love Philip Roth as well. So this sort of combination of David Simon and Philip Roth, uh, together was, um, just like an incredibly appealing package. And I, the the cast was great. Mickey Spyro directed the first three, Tommy Shalami directed the second three. It was, you know, the sort of general creative team was just incredible. So it was a very, and there was also a sense that, that, you know, when you're adapting something that, um, like that novel that feels very, um, you know, the source, the source material is excellent. Right. Yeah. And you know, and you really, you know, you, you, you encounter it and you feel like this is a real, you know, this is an important work uh, so that there's something there's a, there are stakes to the adaptation, right? Like it's possible to, to fail the, the original, it's possible to fail the source material. And so everybody sort of was doing everything they could to not do that. I think including david simon so wow. um and i think he really i think he really succeeded you know for my money uh but yeah was, was uh, he
0: able to be you know, there's a lot present of love went into that job while uh, the no he's going on or oh no. it's david simon oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. i mean not
1: um not always but because um uh george pelicanos um
0: uh, I love has so much of
1: his hat had so much of a role in I think running and writing the deuce, David was able to be with us a lot. So it was, but he was definitely back and forth. Although I think the deuce finished like in July, and then he was with us for the rest of our shoot, which went to September.
0: So you did have like a half of that shoot in COVID?
1: No, that that shoot wrapped uh I'm, I think I'm, that shoot wrapped. Covid shut down the world March twentieth, March yeah, March twenty, right? Yeah, two years right. almost. So that yeah. was when that that was when our show was supposed to start airing. That was when plot was supposed to. Start
0: ah, okay. Airing. So then you like, were right. You you had already finished it. it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. And yeah. then
0: yeah, and then
1: but because we shot yeah, and we had shot from June to uh, I think maybe I'm I'm getting these slightly wrong, but like or no, from like April to September. Uh,
0: 2019. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And then
1: we started, it started airing, it started airing, I think, April 2020, something like that.
0: And, you know, I'm I'm curious, you know, obviously we'll get there with the Gilded Age, but I mean, do you feel it's just like a strange happenstance that you keep getting cast in period pieces? You know, I mean, it's.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's, I mean, I guess, you know, with stuff like Boardwalk Empire, plot, you know, there's like a, I don't know. I mean, there's a way that I sound and a way that I look that I think makes sense for, you know, the sort of, you know, mid 20th century sort of post Ellis Island, you know, New York immigrant world. Right. Um, That is sort of, you know, like where my family, what my family is, what my heritage is and stuff like that. Um, But then there's also, I guess, you know, there's, you do some of that, you do some stuff and you have to go, okay, you know, the accent's a little different and you have to you know, maybe you carry yourself a little different or you, you know, there's, there, there's some, there's a technical dimension of, of playing period stuff that I think, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, maybe, maybe, there's some element. You know, you know, I went to conservatory and we studied, you know, there's like a, there's a certain, there's a certain amount of um, uh, maybe theatrical. So you pick Doing theater that maybe you know it's be over to uh, period work a little a little a little more readily than other stuff.
0: Yeah, because that that's one of the things Thanks. I so greatly appreciated about both your work in this and the Gilded Age is y- y- you you found a voice that was you know it, it was period and it worked, but they're so different and they really echo the era that they're in quite well. Without you know, and I I, I wasn't sure if that was something that was like. You know, consciously directed at you or a conscious choice, or something you just kind of figured out that worked for each character respectively. I like, mean, right now we'll focus on, on plot, you know? Oh, uh like the the just, way that like the- Yeah, just like the style the style of speaking, you know. I mean, you you can you can feel it much yeah. more in the gilded age, but you know what I mean? Like everything that you it, 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 it works for that, you know, World War Two you know, like I haven't seen something like that since maybe Band of Brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. So tell me, you know, working on that man and finding the voice and, and just a lot of the lessons learned from digging into a project with David Simon, you know, mm-hmm. there's not, not, not many actors that get a chance to do that, you know, cause he's very choosy and, mm-hmm. uh, and man, that's so beautiful. He believed in you. So, yeah. I'm really curious what it's like, you know, particularly working in a, in a period piece with David Simon, mm-hmm. because most of his work usually isn't so much about the aristocracy. You know, he, he really, it's, it's a, like as authentic of, of working class America as it gets and and, and his history class has taught about his work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the first things that he told me. Um, I had a zoom meeting with him, um, months before we were going to start, uh, with him and our director. And, uh, he was saying, you know, just the thing to remember about this guy is that he's not, he's not a hero. Um, and I think that speaks to what you're saying about him being, um, you know, not a, he he, just a really ordinary man, you know, just a, a sort of, you know, he's a Roth's father was a door-to-door insurance salesman. He worked for MetLife and, you know, he, um, he was a, a striver and a hustler and, you know, a sort of part of that, Um, generation of, I guess, second generation or first generation, you know, born in America, um, parent whose parents had come over and they, you know, they were going to, they were going to transcend, you know, the, the experience that their parents had had and become Americans and, you know, be, and really sort of, you know, ride that, ride that ladder of the American dream up. Um, but he, you know, he, he's asked in that in the show to deal with really extraordinary historical circumstances and, you know, genuine danger. And it was very important to David that, you know, he not be, you know, he's a, in some ways he's a, he's a blowhard and he's a, yeah. you know, he's, he's not, he's not a perfect man in any way. And that was, I think that was a real, um, it's a real relief to, to feel like you can just be, uh, a, you know, a sort of ordinary human being and all of their, and all of their weakness. Um,
0: which is yeah. rare today, not, you know, especially with everything that the culture is consuming with all these superhero things. It's like human beings being human, making mistakes and learning to be better, you know, or not even, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that, that was the thing I loved about it. And you, you were so wonderful in it, man. And, and so, Thanks you know, it's, it's crazy that that got held up delay wise by by COVID and then came out later, right. Then planned.
1: No, actually that came out, you know, that came out right at the beginning of COVID and it was basically was, and it basically disappeared. Like basically nobody, I mean, people watched it like, but, but not, um, not the audience that I think we were hoping for. And I, you know, I think people just, I mean, I saw this, I saw people saying this sort of explicitly at the time that, you know, it was, um, you know, we were heading into this presidential election and COVID was happening and people did not want, uh, I mean, that show was really nakedly political. You know what I mean? It was this, it was this real, it was, it was David Simon in some ways really like, you know, throwing, throwing down his gantlet and saying, you know, like, this is, this is where I am. This is where I, you know, this is, this is where I stand in this moment. And I, you know, people, you know, I think people who found their way to the show really got a lot out of it. But I think a lot of people just were like, you know what, I I need Tiger King. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was that was the thing, because that was yeah. the thing we came out against. And yeah. like the entire planet was watching Tiger King, and like nothing against Tiger King it was delightful. But you know, it's it, anyway. We we I, I just think that was, you know, we we were we were we were serving. Uh, you know, we were serving you know steak and potatoes, and people wanted people wanted root beer or something.
0: Yeah, you know, and it, that's the great thing about Simon's work is it's deep you know and and i love yeah. that about him is is he, he rightfully asks a lot of his viewers you know and if you, if you stay if you stay with him on that ride the payoff is huge so then for you you know like when this whole thing shut down you know myself included like there's a big question mark about whenever we were going to get to act or even Come audition it. or terrifying. do anything again man and you know how how was that for you you know I'm not getting at all personal i just mean like Was it like, I want to take a break from acting and just be with my family, you know, because like I know Glenn came on and he was he was like living upstate and a few other guests were kind of doing that. Bill Pullman was doing the same thing. You know, did you did you get a good escape or I hate asking people that they had a good pandemic because that's I think that's an oxymoron. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, were you able to find some good things out of it, I guess? Yeah, I mean,
1: we you know, we had sort of moved when my daughter was born she's almost four but when we when when she was first when she was born we sort of moved we had a place upstate and we that we had sort of you know been our occasional you know escape place and that became our sort of our primary residence and uh, so we were sort of already up there, and then when COVID ha- and we and just only occasionally coming back to the city. And then when COVID happened, we were kind of like, okay, well, there's no real reason to go back to the city. We're just going to be here. And we also had a couple of friends who who were sort of staying with us long term. And so our early COVID, you know, was it was it was very communal and very social. Yeah. And um, you know, there was a there was a sense of like, okay, well, we're all here, and we're going to make the best of it, and we're going to, you know, we're going to do interesting cocktails every night and we're going to do elaborate meals and we're going to, you know, like we, I mean, there was, I I directed a short film with a friend of mine, you know, like there was a, uh, there was a lot of like uh, there was a lot of creativity and sort of energy yeah. at the beginning in a weird way, because yes, like you're right. I, I remember thinking, well, we're fucked. Like yeah. can't rehearse, can't go, can't go. I mean, you know, it's like at the beginning, especially, I think it just seemed, you know, this was a sp- in the, or in the moment, are we supposed to be bleaching our shoes when we come back from the store? Like what is the level of, you know what I mean? Um, so, so it was, it's a set seemed like the last place you were ever going to get to be again. And so, you know, I think we, I, I took a lot of that energy and put it into other things and, you know, early that was like, that was actually really, you know, there was some satisfaction to be had there. There was, um, but, but eventually, yeah, it's just like, I want to go back to the world again. Yeah. And, the, yeah, and of... the other, I mean, the other, the other thing, you know, is that after not too long, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, after a couple of months, like our industry got together and kind of, um, I, I and I, I will never not find this miraculous. Like the thing yeah. that our unions and the producers did, they got together and figured out a safe way for our industry to go back to work. And then our entire industry went back to work and everybody got, you know, like I, I find it, kind of miraculous you know what I mean like totally there there are many reasons to love labor unions but the fact that like they were able, you know our unions were able to pull together and sort of you know find a way for us to be safe on set I think is incredible so yeah. I mean we were you know I was I especially gilded you know gilded because I was I was supposed to start Gilded age the week that um covid shut down right because
0: you, you guys didn't didn't even get to start though right you weren't no, we like... were, no
1: and we were supposed to start yeah. production literally yeah. that week um and and that show just seemed i mean it's huge right it's three stages it's hundreds of people the crew is enormous yeah. and it's like this is not you can't do that show like maybe you could do yeah. some little indie film or something or i mean i mean actually it turns out the opposite is true that the bigger things have scale to yeah because there's space the and, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. and the indie films are getting totally brutalized by that like yeah. extra 20 percent covid cost oh but, uh, it's
0: like a million dollars you know it's yeah. insane yeah it's yeah, crazy it's nuts
1: and it's wow. and that I mean some films I think just can't do that. But
0: anyway, yes. Um, did plot was, get you uh, seemed, gilded? Was that? What? or Was that? Did plot get you gilded? That going back I to the HBO yeah, company? No, I mean, I, I yeah,
1: no. I auditioned for for gilded, um, but but plot definitely got me the audition. Like it was amazing. It, 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 it was definitely like okay, let's you know you're you're in house already. like let's see, let's let's have you read for those. That's um, beautiful,
0: man. You're so good as George Russell, and I mean it's such a. You. You, you know, like, I, I won't lie, usually aristocratic narratives, I don't, I don't get them, but you, you, you and Carrie, and and uh, also, um, what's her name? I always m- m- pronounce it wrong, your daughter plays Gladys, uh, Taisa, is that how you say it? I lost you. Oh, oh Thaisa. Yeah, is that right?
1: Yes, Thaisa Formiga.
0: Yeah, she's incredible in the show as well, man. And, yeah, I think she's brilliant. And 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 it seems conveniently that you know I say conveniently in a casual sense of the term that a lot of Broadway actors that were not able to do things found work in the show.
1: Yeah, no, I mean not just Broadway actors, but a lot of um, you know the the clothes on that show are mostly built. They're mostly not pulled out of uh, you know of archives or anything like that. They're actually most of them, and, and they were built by uh, Broadway seamstresses and, and tailors who, uh, were out of work and who otherwise would have been busy. So that are, that was like, a another, another cool thing that our show was able to sort of take advantage of in that time was there were a bunch of people who have tremendous skill and were, yeah. and were actually available. Um,
0: so yeah. That's amazing. And, and I'm so curious, you know, because like the voice that you have in, I've only recently, cause I kind of have more of a edgy working class look have been getting some kind of period piece auditions the voice that you came up for with George Russell is incredible because it's 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 just on it's not too far in some of the other shows that you see in the you know the UK and mm. I'm so curious how you found that perfect like mm. you know where it, it's not it's not the Morgan I'm talking to you now but like that perfect you and Carrie both actually you know you you guys did such a wonderful job was that You know, did you guys rehearse and play with some different kind of vocal?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a a, first thank you, because it is definitely, uh, you know, that is a big deal. And I think, you know, that you I find it quite tricky because, um, you know, ordinarily, like on plot, when we were trying to acquire that dialect, we could go back and listen to recordings of, um, you know, people from like the guy who lived on that block in that time who knew Philip Roth and went to his high school. And this is what that guy sounds like. And you can be like, okay, that's, you know, I can, I can just absorb that energy and that'll be, you know, a very, a very useful part of what I build in terms of a dialect, but this is more, um, it's tougher to acquire. It's tougher to find record, you know, like I don't, there aren't really recordings of the period. There are things, but they tend to be, um, sort of, uh, recorded like radio performances or record, yeah. you know, pieces of rhetoric that don't, it's, they don't give you a sense of natural speech. Um, and so what we're using is something that is, um, you know, it's basically general theater standard. You know what I mean? It's that kind of, um, for, you know, it's a high status sort of, but it's, it's yeah. sort of made up, you know what I mean? And so, so you have okay, to kind of. T- Find yeah. a comfortable place uh, with it so that it can be it can be alive it can be spontaneous but it can also give that sense of the period and you know uh, we have a wonderful dialect coach Howard Samuelson, who is on set every day that was my
0: next too, question and you, he is, you did like, work he, yeah. he is he is
1: listening um, you know I would not say he's noting every take but he is there so that he can you know if like we start to drift on something he can make a suggestion and i don't know. he's i find him he's 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 incredible he's endlessly patient um you know i i I find it uh i find it really useful because i don't have to worry about it you know what i mean it's like i know that if i if i screw it up he's gonna flag it and then i can adjust yeah
0: that's amazing and and one of the things you know that like simon nails and and this show just gets his very similar to and I've had friends on Succession, and I know they have like wealth coaches and making sure mm-hmm. that everything. Like for this show, you know, because we don't have videos. Back to what you were saying, you know, and and the ways people interacted. Where did you guys kind of get the information for like you know the parlors and the charity events and and the things because mm-hmm. they seem. They just seem so right. You know, it's kind of like, oh, that, mm-hmm. that makes sense how they would do it then, you know?
1: I mean, there are, you know, there there are tremendous resources from that time in terms of etiquette. I mean, there were etiquette books. There were, right. you know, there were, it was incredibly prescribed how people interacted with each other. I mean, every, you know, this kind of gesture was appropriate. This kind of gesture was not. And that was all, at least in this sort of class of people, like really explicitly understood and laid out, um, you know, in ways that people could, you know, in, in books and, you know, and, and magazines and things like that. Um, and we, you know, we had access to etiquette coaching and we had, I think there is actually an etiquette coach on set. We have a wonderful, uh, historian who'd actually an EP on the show, Eric Dunbar. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, so I think, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that work is about, you know, the, is, is the research that all the you know, that the production designer does, that Kasha, our costume designer did, that, um, you know, that everybody, that Michael Angler, who was sort of, you know, show running initially kind of, you know, with Julie. And I, that was, and I, there's sort of like a three-headed showrunner on our show. It's like, got it. um, but, you know, Michael Angler, who directed the first three and the last three, um, was sort of part of that too. And Sally Richardson-Whitfield, who directed the middle four, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, you know, all of that, you know it's a, it's a lot of different people doing, you know, really in depth, meticulous research. Uh, and Julian, too, who is, you know, Julian's knowledge of the sort of arcana of furniture and clothing and floral arrangements and all of that stuff for the period is really, uh, nuts. I mean, he really knows he has incredibly deep knowledge about all that stuff, so we get to benefit from all that as well, yeah.
0: And and I imagine, you know, and unless unless some of it's CG, I mean, I, I can imagine someone. Maybe there was a little bit of a back lot, but like, especially your residence, it seems like so much of the work is done for you because these spaces just seem so, I mean, the attention to detail is, is so remarkable. I've never, yeah. I've never seen a set like that. You know, I didn't no, even I, know that.
1: I certainly never have. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Walking onto the, walking onto those sets and you, and especially onto our back lot, because you know, you don't really see back lots in New York that much. And you know, the so one you that. you did
0: build one. Wow.
1: Oh, they, oh, the, yeah. They built, okay, not, a, yeah, no, you should, I mean, whatever, if you're ever out in, uh, we're, our, our back lot is at this, yeah, there's a museum out there called the Museum of American Armor, and our back lot is there, and they built, okay. I mean, they built it out, like, they built the road, so it's, I think it's 65th Street, they built the street so they built the street, and they built a sewer underneath it. So that you know that because there's horses, right, and horses do nothing all day but just yeah. you know, vacate their their bowels. Totally. Um, so uh, that has to be able. To, you have to be able to hose that down. And the the scale of it is really insane. I mean, there is a CG dimension when you're looking up or down the street. They're adding uh, floors, but the up to the first story, you have the whole the whole street. It's it's wow. wild, man. Yeah, the, the scale crazy. of it is the scale of it is really crazy.
0: And especially getting to work on period pieces, you saying that is you know, that's the no, almost
1: totally. I mean, yeah. having, having worked on, having worked on boardwalk, I mean, I worked on I, I, my season of boardwalk, uh, was, was after of the, of the set show
0: was gone, right?
1: Yes. It was after the set yeah. was gone, but yeah. We're, so, we're, but my, my bit was mostly set in Cicero outside of Chicago and to do Cicero, they I think they found a, they found basically a, a, a city block on Staten Island and, yeah. and they transformed the whole block. Right, so they just took all the buildings and re and and staged them, which I thought was incredible. I mean, I still think it's incredible. Like to walk yeah. down that street and and see what they did was was really amazing. But yes, to think for Gilded to have that back lot built from nothing, also, and then two other stages where you have our interior sets plus our it is, uh, yeah, the scale of it is is a little mind bending. i have to say.
0: Wow, and then this is based on a novel as well, right? Uh, no, Gilded is, um, I don't know. I know it's a period in history, but there's a lot of books on it. There are a lot of books it, on it and it pulls it,
1: together. Yeah. And he's pulling together. I mean, I think, you know, the world of Edith Wharton certainly informs, you know, it. this, this stuff. And also,
0: um, Robert Barron's, what Robert Barons? right. You know, I yeah. mean, that's what, yeah. 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 And yes, yeah. just
1: the sort of reality of those, of those guys. And then also I think there's a book on, um, uh, Alva Vanderbilt that was really important for this one, but he's, yeah, it is really, he's, it's just sort of the um, it's, I think it's many, it's many books. It's sort of, you know, he's aggregated a lot of different ideas in order to, in order to pull this show.
0: That's amazing. And, and, and man, you're so good in this role. It's like, you know, having, having met you, you know, we met a couple of times now and I, you know, you kind of get an idea of someone and it's, it's just such a, it's so different from you. And I'm, I'm just so amazed at the character work you've done, I'm curious, you know, what came first for you? Was it, was it, was it finding the voice and then the physicality and then kind of making that match or defining, you know, cause like they don't, they don't fully tell you the backstory yet of, of the Russells, you know? So did you have to invent a lot of info or?
1: Yeah. I mean, what, what I had, what I was told, you know, I think that the first thing that the first thing I started with was. Um, a note that my wife gave me before the audition, she was like, he's Red Butler. And I was like, okay, I, I kind of get that. And then I, and, and it's not, you know, it doesn't, it's not like a direct uh, translation, but I sort of, you know, in doing the, uh, in the audition, I was kind of like playing with that idea. And yeah, I mean, it just, there's a, there's an ease to him and there's, there's like a, there's a sense of play and and pleasure in being himself that he has. Yeah. That I think that's sort of, there was just that, the sort of feeling of that was where I started with him and then, you know, built everything else on top of that. And also, you know, take a tremendous, took a tremendous amount of just, um, you know, what it was to play off of Carrie, because, you know, Carrie is just like, you know, Carrie, Carrie Coon is the truth. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, No, she's great. And and you can just, and, and you, you know, I just, there was that, you know, figuring out that relationship sort of on, you know, in real time, uh, really informed that character for me too. So, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. He's fun. Yeah. And it's, it is, I, I like, you know, I like a mask. I like, I like to have a, a, you know, some distance between me and the person. I think that's actually really fun. And often I think you find that when you do that, then you look at the character at the end and you go, wow, there's, there's so much of me and that, in that you know, person, there's, there's so much of <laughs> yeah. my, you know, not me at, like on a moral sense, hopefully, but like me in terms of, Um, you know, there's there's an essence that comes through and that you, you know you don't that you don't you couldn't necessarily plan
0: for or something like that. And and, and for, for the for audience, audience listening, yeah, I did, but you're back now. Uh, sorry, yeah, okay, guys, it's internet. But uh, for the audience internet. listening, you know, we're, we're episode five has come out at this point, and I'm curious, what has it been like being on a show that just like from I mean like it seemed like by episode 1 or episode 2 people were just so over the moon with it and you guys got renewed really early. I mean what did that feel like? What a what an awesome vote of confidence, man, you know? Well, I, you know,
1: I have never been on a show that got a second season before. Um Dude, and so
0: fuck yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean
1: it's <laughs> thank you. It's not nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it feels, you know, to have you know, to have the, to have your show find an audience to to have a sense that people are are enjoying it, you know that people are just yeah. like people are into it. they're following you know like they're emotionally engaged with the characters. they like what you're doing. I mean, you know i I come from the theater and you can you know there's there's a you know when you when you're doing a show and you're on stage and you can sort of you can hear the house right? You can hear. Yeah you know, are they quiet? Are they listening? Are they with you? Are they, or are they like, are they coughing? Are they digging in their backpacks, whatever? And you have a sense, you know, in a really immediate granular way from like breath to breath, are they, are they in the show with you? Are they there? And then with TV, you don't, you know, you you just don't get that sense in any of that same way. But, you know, go online now and be like, oh shit, people are watching this thing. And oh shit, people are like, picking up what we're putting down. You know, they're enjoying the show sort of in the way that maybe the show... Oh, was was, that Variety
0: Review? Oh my God. That was... I've never read... It it was incredible.
1: (laughs) No, there was... Yeah, and there's been some... You know, it's been really... You know, people have really responded um, to me and Carrie in a way that I yeah, totally did not predict and yeah. it's, it's fantastic. You know what I mean? It's, I was like, this is what it's totally out of nowhere, but it's fantastic. So I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. And, and yeah, it's like getting a second season and, 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 and being like, Oh yeah, okay. I get to, we get to do this again. You know, like this great yeah. group of people, like you're saying, all these Broadway actors um, you know, I really, I really, you know, I, I, I just loved doing this job. It is a very, it is very fun. And, job to get to do on a day-to-day basis. And so, and it's in New York, you know, I live, it's like. Yeah, it's, you, it's, you have
0: to go to UK to do a job like this. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I don't have to go to the UK and I don't have to go to Australia or yeah. whatever. You know, I can just like, you know, I can I can drive to, drive to the city and go to work. It's good.
0: That's amazing, man. And I'm so proud of you, dude. It's so well-deserved. And man. I'm curious, you know, what, what, what's up, you know, what do you want to do in this time you got before you got to go back to season two, you know,
1: um, well, um, it's, it's, it's coming right up. I mean, we actually start shooting, you know, we, we, we start shooting again early May. Oh, wow. Um, Damn. so it's not that, it's not that far away. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a few days on, um, this, uh, I think it's 20th century for Hulu project called Boston Strangler directed by Matt. Yeah. Ruskin. With
0: Kieran Knightley. Uh, Congratulations. Right. Yeah, And that, yeah. and that
1: carries also actually in, uh, no way. we don't, we don't overlap. I don't think, I don't think I'm actually going to see her, but, um, but yeah, which is fun, which I'm, which I'm really looking forward to. That starts that shoots next week. Yeah, um, good luck.
0: Wow. Yeah, good thanks, time. man. Yeah, thank you. Uh,
1: yet another, yet another period, and um, and we'll see. Oh yeah, and then the other thing, just the other thing I was going to mention. I mean, I'm actually not doing anything, but this I, I produced this documentary on the resurgence of socialism in America, sort of in the aftermath of the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2015, and that doc is coming out on Hulu. Uh, on March first, so I don't know. I'm just excited to have that. What's be it called? So actually, I can, I can, it's I can say the, that. the big scary S word. So yeah, the big
0: scary S word. Love that, man. Morgan Spectre. It's a let you, dude. You're killing it, dude. I don't know anyone. I'm so proud of you, man. You know, thanks for coming back, man. And just thanks, like, man. hey,
1: I'm proud of you. 200 episodes, like coming right up. That, that. Yeah. Like, well, when you last know, we whole- spoke. Yeah, I, You know, that was, that was not necessarily guaranteed. I don't, that's, that's not nothing. You build an audience like that. That means a lot. Yeah. These you know, people are really picking up what you're putting down. You know what I mean? It's nice.
0: When I get my season two renewal or, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll see you on set of the Gilded Age, you know, fucking, that'll be my period piece. But, uh, but thank you, man. That means a yeah, lot. Man, I to hope me. so too. How did, So Morgan, what, one final question for you, man, for, for the actors out there auditioning for period pieces, I think they really get in their head. And they think about you know, you know, outfit, costume, voice, you know. And I'm curious when you had your audition for George, any words of wisdom? I mean, not even saying everyone's going to go out for the for the lead, but just auditioning for a period piece, and and how you would maybe change that from auditioning for something contemporary.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I in terms of dress for the tape, I think. You know, I wanted to wear something that made me feel like I was looking sharp. You know what I mean? But that, but I did. I wore something that was, you know, me twenty, you know, twenty twenty one Morgan looking sharp, right? Not necessarily yeah. like I wasn't reaching for for the late nineteenth century. I wasn't trying to look like the character. I was trying to more feel like that character, so I could feel. You know, and 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 yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I think it probably always comes down to. Um, you know, the essence of that character rather than playing the period. I I mean, I think, you know, because the period is something that you can... um, The period is it's almost technical, right? You're going to put on the clothes, you're going to refine your dialect a little bit, um, and then you're going to be put in this context that says, hey, it's 1882, and you're just going to be a person like you always are when you're acting. So, you know, I think it's... I I think it's always better to, uh, to, um, you know, just like prepare, like prepare, like you would any other audition where you, you know, you find the truth of find the truth of what's happening for that person in the moment.
0: That's amazing, man. And, and since we spoke about Broadway actors, any, any chance you think you'll make a, a run back to the stage soon?
1: Oh man. I, uh, it's a great question. I would love to, um, we are really mostly upstate now, and my daughter's in school, and so the sort of calculus of that has changed ah, a little yeah. bit. But, but you know what? Like I'm, at, like I would. It, I think if I go too long without doing a play, I, I will. Some part of me will wither in a way that I don't want to allow to happen. So, you know, fingers crossed. The answer is yes, hopefully. But we I mean, know we'll love see. That.
0: All right, dude, rock and roll.